Pride Month is a time to celebrate the various identities that make up our wonderful and diverse community. It is also a time to reflect on and honor the powerful contributions of those who've come before us. We stand on the shoulders of giants. James Baldwin, Larry Kramer, Bayard Rustin, Sylvia Rivera, and Marsha P. Johnson. To them and countless other trailblazers, we are humbly indebted and forever grateful. If you'd like more information on the movement or recommendations on how you can help, go to blacklivesmatter.com partners. In these dark and difficult times, we hope that this episode brings you a little bit of joy and light. Welcome to this special Pride Month episode of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Will. Back in episode 213, Max Walker told the tale of how he almost became a doctor. Luckily for us and the rest of his devoted fan base, his aspirations took him in a more literary direction, with compelling books in his various series like Sierra View, The Guardian series, and Stonewall Investigations. Today, he's giving us a sneak peek at his latest. Max, thank you so much for being here and joining us for the Pride Festival. Thank you for having me. So I know you've got a reading for us. What are you going to be reading from? And tell us what it's about. Yes. So my reading is from my upcoming book called Hummingbird Heartbreak. So before I did my Stonewall investigation series, and that was a little bit of mystery with romance, and my Hummingbird Heartbreak book is going to kick off my Gold Brothers series, which is going to be full contemporary romance, and it's going to have less of a mystery element to it. So I'm really, really excited because it's going to have this kind of different vibe to it. And I actually just wrote this chapter like three days ago and I was writing it and it was one of those chapters that was just like, oh my God, I'm in love with this. I want people to like, I want people to see this experience and stuff. So that is what I'm going to be reading and it's unedited and, you know, unproofed and stuff. So viewer discretion advice, (laughs) but I'm so happy and I'm so excited for you guys to see uh, what's happening. This is super exciting. It's like a world premiere exclusive (laughs) of new stuff from you. What inspired you to go full contemporary? So actually, I've been kind of like toying with the idea before, but I had like a little chat with two of my closest friends, Devin and Riley, Devin McCormick and Riley are, and they just kind of like kind of pushed me into this, this sphere. And I was just like, I'm going to go full, you know, dive into it. And I've loved every second of it. I'm so excited to like show people it. I'm so excited to just like bring it out into the world. So I don't, we'll see what happens, Fantastic. but I'm excited. Is there any setup you need to do about what we're getting ready to hear? Yes. So the book, well, the series follows the Gold Brothers. This book specifically follows Dusty Gold. He's kind of like a little shy, uh, nerdy kind of character, a little lanky, a little, he doesn't know his limbs. He doesn't know how to control himself. But he he's a sophomore in college and he's rooming in a dorm room and that dorm room catches fire. And so it's a big kind of dramatic thing. And then he ends up having to room with Brandon Reed, who is this out and proud, uh, huge rugby star. And he kind of like brought not only the sport to the forefront, but also just being out and just being, you know, this proud gay guy in college. He's also a sophomore. 
And so Dusty, one of the Gold brothers, he's kind of he's seen Brandon. He's been like, you know, this guy's kind of like just he's cocky. He's like, I don't I, I never want to talk to him. I don't want to I, I don't want anything to do with him. But the fire ends up having them room together and shenanigans happen and they end up having to share a bed and all that stuff. So this chapter, the school ended. And so they're going home for the summer. And Dusty is a twin. His twin's name is Benji. And Benji is driving them both up to um, their house, their big kind of field house that they have. The Gold Brothers, their family, they have this big animal sanctuary that they use to rehabilitate, you know, exotic animals and stuff. And so when Dusty found out that Brandon had nowhere to stay for the summer, which, you know, once you read, you'll kind of like unravel and stuff. Dusty invited Brandon over to the animal sanctuary to stay for the summer with him. So this is where this this chapter kind of takes off. They're on their way uh, home for the summer. So, yes. Okay. Take it away. So this is chapter 11, Dusty Gold. Move out day had come. The final day of this roller coaster ride of a semester and what a crazy way to end it. With Brandon Reed putting his suitcase into the trunk of my brother's car, giving my twin a big hug and thanking him for offering to drive us back home. I had started off the semester dead sure that I'd be making the drive home alone with just me and my cat, Olive, and a killer playlist. This was the complete opposite of how I pictured the end of the year. And you know what? I wasn't mad at it. Everyone comfortable? Benji asked as he took the driver's seat. My brother and I were identical twins, so telling us apart was sometimes difficult. It used to be way harder when we were kids, but somewhere along our teenage years, the two of us split, going in slightly different directions. Benji grew a love of sports and working out while I spent the day reading and playing video games. He started growing muscles and coordination where I still had awkward limbs and I barely knew how to control. The golden trophies and medals he'd bring home gave him a confidence that was slow to come for me and frankly, it was still on its way. People cheered him on and they cheered me on too, but in a different way. Everyone knew I was great at school and I could do big things when it came to academic, but there was a little less flashiness than when my brother Benji would win a big basketball game and he'd have the entire stands shouting his name. Olive and me are great back here, Brandon said, his hand inside the soft carrier that held a loudly purring Olive. Let's get the show on the road then, Benji said. He pulled out of the parking lot and followed a trail of cars equally as packed as ours, all heading in their own different directions for the summer. Any music wrecks? Benji asked. I'm good with whatever, Brandon answered from behind me. I know this one has an allergic reaction to any slow kind of songs, so we can skip those. He playfully tapped on the top of my head. I tisked between my teeth, even though he was right. Dusty's always been scared of feeling any kind of feelings, my brother answered. Oh, because you're such a big feelings kind of guy? I quipped back. No, I'm not, but we're twins, remember? So that shouldn't be a surprise. Brandon laughed, the sound filling the small space. You guys are the most opposite identical twins I've ever met. Well, at least you'll never have to worry about us parent trapping you, Benji said. I snorted at that. <laughs> As if. In the rearview mirror, Brandon's face seemed to lock eyes with me before he looked out the window and shook his head. I'd be able to choose Dusty out of a blind lineup. You guys that close, huh? My brother's tone was exploratory, like he was dipping a toe in the water to test the temperature. 
I knew where this was headed and I needed to shut it down real quick. I hadn't told him anything about what had been going on between Brandon and I. Something about it made me wanted to keep quiet, a secret just between us, at least for now, only because it felt like I wanted to keep it safe, intimate, and protected. Brandon's excited to meet all the animals, I said. Benji cocked a brow. Just let it go. Don't dig, Benji, for once in your life, don't dig. We drove onto the busy highway. The drive back home was always way more scenic than drive to school during the fall, when the trees were starting to brown and die. The drive home was full of blooming fields and bright bushy green tree, trees lining both of the, sideway, the sides of the highway. You're going to love them, Benji said, letting it slide. It was times like these that I was glad for twin pathic connections. Mom just took in two cheetah cubs. Did you see them? What? I said. No, she didn't tell me. Oh, crap. Maybe she wanted to keep them a surprise? Benji pursed his lips. Anyways, forget I said anything. Where are you from, Brandon? Mm-hmm. I said, crossing my arms, excited at meeting the cubs, even though I was ruined by the surprise. Oh, Brandon said. I'm from Florida, Miami, born and raised. My dad's Cuban and my mom's Irish. They met on a fishing trip off the South Beach. Fell in love, had me and my sister. I came to Georgia for college. Plus, my uncle lives lived here. You, you guys were born in Georgia, right? Benji and I both nodded and said, yep, at the same time. I let Benji take the reins after that. We were born in Waycross, Georgia, a town with about 12,000 people. The biggest source of entertainment was a Walmart Supercenter. Yeah, but it's not like we were there for long. I chimed in. No, and thanks, sweet baby Jesus, for that. Our moms adopted us when we were six, so I barely remember anything about Waycross except for that damn Walmart. I picked up the story from there. Our, our biological mom, she had a drug problem, so she did her best. I don't blame her or anything, but she couldn't beat it. So she died of an overdose, and she was found in the motel room next to ours. I swallowed a lump of hot coal. Uh, talking about this was never easy. My brother continued the story. The evening news got a hold of it, and it filled up a time slot. So, you know, it got them the orphan twin headline, even though all they cared about was the ratings. Can you believe no one from the station offered any, any help? But you know what the truth is? I think we really owe our lives to Action 5 News at 9 with Vivica Vivance. That got a laugh, laugh out of everyone in the car. One of those bittersweet laughs that only came after some hard truths were told. Mia and Ashley, they saw the news piece on us, Benji continued. By the next morning, they drove down to pick us up and started the adoption process. That's incredible, Brandon said. And in the rear view, I, I thought I could see him wipe something from his cheek before he looked out the window. It is. We haven't looked back since, Benji said. You're going to love them. Mia's the animal whisperer of the family, and Mama Ash, she's the take-no-names big city attorney who's probably going to intimidate you at first, but only out of sheer love. I can't wait, Brandon's eyes locked with mine in the mirror. He really did seem excited. Holy shiitake balls. I've got Brandon Reed in my brother's back seat on the way to spend the summer with me and my family. Who the heck 
was the drunk witch doctor that I crossed paths with. <sighs> the music was turned up and the windows were lowered as we started to sit back and enjoy the ride. A stream of fresh air flowed in and rustled my hair. I tried to hold back the rogue strands from whipping in the wind, but gave up when I realized it was a futile mission. Benji bobbed his head along with the dancey pop song that blared from the speakers he had installed only a week ago. The bass shook my core and made my nose itch, but I didn't mind it. Everyone seemed to be having a great time. At one point, Brandon even started to do some dances I'd only seen on my phone screen. Moving his arms in circles and dips and funny looking waves, Brandon was such a big guy that even these small, small dance moves seemed to fill up the entire space of the car as I watched him from the rearview mirror. Signs began appearing between the thick wall of trees. They advertised a tourist attraction up ahead. The first sign was of a large crystal ball with cartoon hands on either side of the ball. Graffiti had been painted on the sign so that the hands looked like they had finger tattoos, making it arguably one of the most hardcore fortune tellers I'd ever seen. The next sign was of a large and smiling T-Rex, pointing its tiny arms down the highway. A billboard underneath it reading, Madame Luna Luce's gas station of mystery and fun. And underneath in big red marker, it read, next stop, pull over. Except the over had been covered by black spray paint and out was written underneath it. Dusty, you saw that shit, right? My brother asked already slowing the car as he crossed lanes toward the exit. Yup. Wait, what did I miss? I, I was dancing up a storm with Olive back here. I pointed out the window as we drove off the exit, where, through the trees, we could see the large T-Rex sculpture that must have been one of Madame Luna Luce's most prized possessions. Brandon woed as we pulled onto a gravelly road that led up to a tiny two-car gas station with a small convenience store attached to the red and white overhang that covered the gas pumps. Did we just travel back in time? Brandon asked. I laughed, actually unsure of what the answer was. Next to the gas station was a 20-foot tall T-Rex, whose once dark green and yellow colors were now washed out by constant sun and rain exposure, giving it a mottled brown look as it smiled down with an almost ironic grin for any photos that were snapped by its feet, which were covered in red, and red dust and scraggly vines. We got out of the car and looked around, spotting a large purple tent that was posted up behind an oversized wooden crystal ball. A doorway cut through the bottom of the cloudy painted orb. Benji stayed with Olive and the car while Brandon and I walked over to the store. Inside of the store, the air smelled heavily of lavender incense and day-old Cinnabons. The space was barely big enough for two people, which meant Brandon by himself would have been cramped inside. The lady at the cashier looked us over with saucer-wide brown eyes, magnified under a pair of turquoise-colored glasses. The frames pointed upward, like a cat's eye. Her lipstick was bold and blue, matching the cloudy blue sapphires that hung inside her shiny gold earrings. I smiled. Hey, can I get a 30 on two? Mm, actually on one, I said, pointing over my shoulder at the only car in the tiny two-car gas station. Ah, yes, yes, I was going to say that. Right. I handed over the $50 bill and asked Brandon if he wanted any gum or candy. Snickers, eh? The lady behind the counter, grinning like she cracked the Da Vinci Code. I'm allergic to peanuts, Brandon answered. Oh. She went back to typing the keyboard, her golden bracelets clicking together. 
Brandon gave me the slightest nudge with his elbow, which brought up a chuckle I quickly silenced. Are you both visiting? Wait, wait, wait. She closed her eyes and paused for an uncomfortable length of time. Visiting from overseas. Her eyes remained closed. No, I've never been overseas, I said. No, we're, we're actually just heading home. Her eyes snapped open. Yes, we're heading home. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes, I saw that. She went back to typing something. Was she writing up a damn blog post before giving, giving us her gas? Wait a second, Brandon said, as if she didn't already prove she could wait much longer than that. Are you Madame Luna Luce? She didn't look up from her computer screen. I can be whoever you want me to be, Alex. Brandon. Yes, Brandon. That didn't really answer my question. Right, that's what I was gonna say. She shook her head. No, 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 I have a question for you. She turned her gaze toward me, her eyes suddenly taking on intensity of a hungry wolf's. The switch in her demeanor made me shrink back, scared of what the hell I had done wrong. Would you like your change in singles or fives? I blinked and stammered before answering, three fives and five singles, please. But she already counted it and set it out down before she finished speaking. Thank you, I said, grabbing my change. Brandon and I walking out of the store, thoroughly confused and both holding down giggles at the lunacy of it all. A golden ray of sunlight beamed down on Brandon like a spotlight as we crossed the gravel parking lot, rocks crunching on our sneakers, the warm Georgia summer covering us like a blanket, like the blanket we slept under the past four weeks together. But no more, no. He's just staying over as a friend and he'll be sleeping in a different bedroom. That meant I'd have my own bed again. I could sprawl out and I wouldn't have to worry about hitting Brandon or taking up too much of the covers. And I wouldn't have his comforting heat to help me slip into the most restful sleeps of my life. And I'd be missing out on his feet resting on mine and his leg being thrown over mine. I'd miss out on feeling him against me and his entire body fitting against mine, holding mine as if the two of us were biologically engineered for the perfect cuddling sessions with each other. Uh, maybe we can share a bed for one night, but that's it, just, just one night. Brandon smiled and pointed to the side. Let's go check that out. He nudged me over in the direction of the crystal ball tent by grabbing my hand for a second and leading us onto the brick path. The touch was short and the smile was electric and the combination of both caused a series of explosive fireworks to go off inside my chest like I just swallowed Disney's entire fireworks stash. Maybe not. Maybe not even a night. Mm -mm. And that was chapter ish of hummingbird heartbreak <laughs> ah, i love those guys already <laughs> benji stirs up a little bit of trouble uh, <laughs> just a little bit but, oh i can't wait to read the previous 10 chapters because i like the idea of that little bit of forced proximity jammed in the in the in the dorm room and even then jammed up in the bed that's one of my favorite things yeah. You already know. I had so much fun with those first few chapters, but the fact that you want to read them. Thank you. Yes. Do you have a projected date for when this will come out? I'm hoping for like June 20th in that 
sphere. So late June. Fantastic. Since, of course, this is Pride Month, uh, we are asking everybody, uh, what does pride mean to you? Oh, my God. What a question. <laughs> it means so much. I mean, I I was talking about this with Armando because when we, we had our first Pride March, it was actually a resist march because it was in 2016 when, you know, he who must not be named was... Uh, president and so we that pride month was a resist march so we did the whole kind of march through la with that in mind and then the next year it was full pride month and it was full just like everyone getting together and just being like this is us like this is what we are and this is just accept us and so it, it it's like encapsulating so many things where like one year was us fighting for our rights and then the next year it's like us celebrating our rights at the same time and so it's 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 huge it's kind of this yeah it's just this huge thing where it's i'm glad that we get an entire month to just be ourselves and just celebrate things because i mean when when i was little like that wasn't that wasn't an option like we didn't get we barely got a day i was like seven years old and we had a trip planned for disney world and i've said this story before but my aunt she like canceled the trip because she found out that it like landed on gay day and that was just like one day or whatever and i was seven i barely understood it but even back then it was like this big thing like it was just like i wanted to go to disney like i wanted to like go visit my family and like travel from new jersey to florida and just have this big vacation and stuff but because of this one day my aunt was like oh no we're gonna like move this entire vacation or whatever but now you know we get a month and so <laughs> it's not you can't you can't reschedule <laughs> it's a full month and everyone is just accepting of it and it's kind of like it's it's a it makes it makes me happy that's <laughs> wonderful thank you so much for sharing that and for sharing that first look at your brand new book too thank you for giving me an opportunity to share it uh, where can everyone keep up with you online yeah so mainly at max walker writes also, if you want to email me at maxwalkerauthor at outlook.com. I also have a Facebook group, Mad for Max Walker, if you want to join that. And other than that, yeah, just Google Max Walker and I should pop up. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, again, Max, thanks so much for, for being here and taking part in our Pride celebration. Thank you for having me. We hope you've enjoyed this special Pride Month bonus episode. Our community contains a multitude of creative, resilient, and compassionate people. While we might not be standing hand-in-hand hand this Pride season, we stand strong together in spirit. Our spirit is Pride. Thank you so much for listening. For a complete rundown of this month's bonus content, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com slash Pride2020. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. New episodes of this show are available every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. You can help support this show with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For more information about joining our community and the bonus content we deliver, check out patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. I'm Kurt Graves. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.